You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. Thanks for sitting through that long Franchise tag rant, but I feel better about it. Hopefully you do too. Uh, I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. You can follow Steve at Steve Geller WWL. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. And here we are going to play you some archived content. Not really archived. It's only like four days old. But me and Steve got to sit down with Scott Shanley, former Saints Super Bowl champion linebacker, and went over you know his expectations for the team especially at the linebacker position, because it's obviously something that he has a strong connection with. He was a seventh round pick and he played for multiple years with the saints. And, you know, we kind of, if we look at his story and it's not that dissimilar to what happened with Caden Ellis. The only difference is the saints drafted Caden Ellis. Scott Shanley was actually drafted elsewhere and then came to the saints. But, you know, I think I, I respect his opinion a lot. So here is that interview. Enjoy. Super Bowl champion Scott Shanley. So thankful to have you. How you doing, my man? Just Scott. I'm doing good. Uh, we're getting ready for training camp around here, counting down uh, the days. I know next week the rookies are reporting. After that, it's the veterans, and then we'll be in full swing. We've been complaining about the heat here, and I know it's it's not going to get any cooler kind of thing. But when you look at this black and gold team heading into 2023, a b- bunch of new additions on the offense and defensive side of the football, most notably, obviously, at quarterback Derek Carr. There's also some new coaches brought into the mix as well. What are you you think though is the biggest challenge or the biggest obstacle facing this black and gold squad heading into this year well you know i think the biggest obstacle after going through last year was staying healthy you know throughout Amen. the majority of the team but but really in the offensive line because you know not many teams in the nfl can can go out there with this is nothing against the guys that went out on the field last year but when you're putting third and fourth string linemen on the field in the nfl that, that's hard to win games. It's hard to, to control the, the line of scrimmage against elite defensive linemen. And, you know, to me on paper, the Saints have the best team in the NFC South. I think you're very realistic uh, of thinking that it's obtainable to winning the NFC South. You got the best quarterback in the division. I think you have the best roster. You had a great draft. I thought you addressed some areas, um, especially along the defensive line. A lot of people were concerned about the lack of depth once Davenport. I know Davenport didn't play a lot, but you start losing guys along that defensive line that have played a lot of football over the years. And then you get concerned, but I think they did a great job of addressing it early in the draft. And um, so I'm excited about the defensive line. You know, I think the defense can, can be the strength of this team again, but obviously everybody always looks at the quarterback and I'm excited about, about the, the quarterback position and, and that kind of the missing piece of the puzzle when it comes to running this West coast offense that Pete, Pete Carmichael runs. Yeah, so Scott, last year, I think the big, you know, 
just kind of aha moment was finding Caden Ellis as he filled in for Pete Werner. I know you were also a seventh round pick. You kind of found your way. I think it's an interesting journey as guys get into the NFL. And it's more about development than just raw talent, I think, when you get into that part of the draft and you're just finding traits. This year's linebacker group, it feels thin. And I think this is a team that is, again, kind of counting on its development in that room to carry that position behind DeMario and Pete. I'm just curious, you know, from your experience, from what you saw from Caden, from what you see from the linebackers this year, what are some of the keys you're looking for in at that position behind the starters? Yeah, I, I think... You know, for one, I think a lot has changed over the past five to ten years when it comes to the linebacker position. First and foremost, it's no longer a three or four linebacker right. league. I think, you know, you're not looking at playing a whole lot of big, heavy personnel where you need three or four linebackers on the field the entire game. It's not like the, the game is different. You have two linebackers. If you have two three-down linebackers, which the Saints do, as good as anybody in the league, Mind you, I mean, Pete Werner was, was probably playing as good a football as anybody on this defense until he got hurt last year. And then DeMario's been outstanding. But you point to Caden Ellis. Caden Ellis, he was a guy who took advantage of every rep that he, he had. Big year for him because he was going to be a free agent. And so he got on the field and, and played his best football when it mattered the most for him, and, and it paid off for him. But I think as long as you ha- can keep Warner and DeMario Davis healthy and those guys can be on the field because they are true three-down linebackers, I, I think you have a chance – to, to run anything defensively. You can run man, you can run zone. They're great blitzers. They can cover backs and tight ends. So I think the linebacker position is is really squared away. Missing Caden, Caden was a great third linebacker who stepped in and, and could play any position. I think that's where you start to miss him the most is the depth and the versatility of a guy like Caden Ellis. And somebody else is going to have to step up and fill that void. Yeah, and you mentioned versatility there. And just for kind of the, the layman, what is the biggest difference between kind of going from the strong side to the weak side linebacker position? Yeah, there, there's a huge difference. And, and I think a lot of times, you know, you look at a strong side linebacker and it's a guy who's a little bit bigger, maybe not as athletic. Got, you know, he's strong with his hands. He can play over a tight end and, and control the edge of the line of scrimmage and turn the ball back in. And you're not going to ask him to do a whole lot of coverage because that's usually not his strong suit. But he's going to be a good blitzer. He's going to be a bigger guy. And then when you look at the weak side linebacker, the will linebacker, they call him, he's going to be probably an undersized guy, but athletic, can cover backs out of the backfield, can go out and match up tight ends in the slot or outside and um, so that's usually the biggest difference when you hear strong side versus weak side linebacker the body types and what they're asked to do in the scheme of a defense Scott sticking with the linebacker group I just want to touch on a guy DeMarco Jackson uh, the team's uh, fifth round pick from a year ago got hurt in training camp we didn't get to see a whole lot of them just wondering what you know about him and what you think we can expect this season yeah he's another guy who you know they, they took him in the draft didn't need to play a whole lot usually this is this is the way Bill Parcells and even Coach Peyton always said was, you know, your first year in the NFL, you're just trying to figure things out. You're trying to figure out what it's like to be a professional football player. Can we get some reps out of you on special teams? Can you add some depth to the team? By year two, you need to show that you can play in this league. And, and that's how both of those coaches always said to us. And by year three, you need to show that you can be a starter and that you can be counted on week in and week out. So he's in year two. He had a great college career. He was one of the most productive tacklers in college football. And I think when you talk about the Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Year, um, his last year, that is a lot of productivity. That those are those are things that 
no matter if he can cover well, if he can blitz well, whatever his strengths are, when you amass the amount of tackles he did in college football, you know how to get around the football and tackle the ball carrier. And that's always the number one trait that you want in a linebacker. So really for him, it's just about getting reps, taking advantage of the opportunities he's going to get. Because just like we talked about with Caden Ellis gone, those younger guys who missed out on some of those reps are not going to get some chances. So, what, Scott, one of the things that I think this season that I'm, I'm interested in seeing is how, how Dennis Allen kind of develops his own kind of bag, if you will, as the head coach. Obviously, there's a lot of trust in him in the defensive side of the ball, but just the bigger picture. I'm just curious, what did, what did you see from him last year? What What is your kind of indication of how he can – I don't, I don't want to say improve, but just get a better handle on the head coach element of the job. Yeah, this is a huge year for Dennis. And, and I was an advocate for Dennis becoming the head coach after Sean. And a lot of it is because I saw him in the defensive room. I saw him, you know, our first year in 06 when he was just a, a lowly assistant defensive line coach. And Scott Vegeta and I looked at each other and said, man, this guy has something. Like, there was just something about Dennis. There was something that when he stood up in front of the room and talked, like, this guy's just a leader. This guy is somebody you want to play hard for. And so I don't think at any point last year the team lost uh, your trust and didn't think that Dennis could do the job. It was just – it was one of those years where we already talked about the injuries. You didn't know who your quarterback was. You brought in Andy Dalton to be the backup. He ended up being a starting quarterback for you. It, it was just – Michael Thomas missed the majority of the season. It was just a crazy year and not a good year for him to be year one coach. And I know a lot of people were frustrated with him, and, and there were probably a lot of fans that probably wished he would have went in a different direction. But – I think now the the pressure now has all shifted onto Dennis because now you have the best team in your division. You're favored to win your division. You got the quarterback you wanted, the, the quarterback that you were with in Oakland when you were previously the head coach in Oakland. So you're familiar. You got to handpick your guy. All the pressure has shifted onto Dennis to, to proving that he can do it. And and I really believe that that this team is going going to shock a lot of people. And there's never been a better time to be a, a good team in the NFC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talking with Saints Super Bowl champ Scott Shanley right now. Another guy to me that seems like he'd be on the hot seat as well for this black and gold team heading into this season. Offensive coordinator P. Carmichael Jr. was a rough go last year, but there was also a lot of uncertainty with the quarterback situation. Uh, We had some wide receivers getting hurt, uh, the offensive line going down. But to me, in general, though, the the offense just seems stuck in the mud uh, for most of the year and just never got on track. Uh, there were you know, some bright spots like a Taysom Hill kind of thing. But in general, what's your take on P. Carmichael Jr.? And what do you think we can expect from the offense this year? Is it gonna, are we going to see more of him uh, go into his bag kind of thing with a, a quarterback like Derek Carr now in the mix? There's no question. And I think P. is one of the best offensive minds in the league. Him and Sean Payton together, you know, they they changed a lot of what the NFL offenses have done. I mean, you never saw a guy come in, to, you know, they, they advanced every year in what they were doing. They, they constantly molded their offense to the strength of their team, whether it was Taysom Hill, um, the two running back sets, going back to Deuce and Reggie, and then uh, Alvin and Mark. So 
Pete Carmichael can coach offensive football. What I think, you know, just like last year, and I don't want to make excuses. You know, I feel like people sometimes think, well, you like Dennis, you make excuses for him. You like Pete because you were there. But these guys are really good football coaches. And sometimes you need really good football players on the field to be playing for, for you to show that you're a good football coach. So, you know, last year was just a patchwork situation offensively. One week, you were just trying to run the ball enough to stay ahead of the chains and get into third and four because you didn't have an offensive line who could pass protect and a quarterback who could throw anything on third and eight plus you weren't going to convert. So they were constantly trying to figure out ways just to try to stay ahead of the chains and get into manageable situations where the talent that they had in the field could succeed. And, you know, once you got down by 14 and you had to throw the ball every play, you just you didn't have those guys on the field last year. Like I said, whether it was a quarterback, offensive line depth, receivers, whatever it was. So I think this year with Derek at quarterback, you were going to see the Pete Carmichael that you saw when Drew Brees was there. You're going to see the West Coast, the quick passing game, the getting the ball to multiple receivers, the screens. You're going to see a lot of variations in the offense that I think were missing last year just because they were trying to keep their head above the water. Yeah, so Scott, one of the things you said, it's a good year to be in the NFC South. And I know they did a kind of a around the NFC South segment with a bunch of reporters from the Bucks and the Panthers and the Falcons. And I think they all said the same thing, which is it's a great year to be in the NFC South. It's right there for the taking. And we think we're going to take it. So I am curious. So what, what do you think sets the Saints apart this year from the rest of the NFC South, who, you know, against all odds, feels like they are the team to beat? Yeah, I think first and foremost, you, you look at. The, the rosters you just you put the rosters on paper you put them side by side and you put them down and, and what does everybody look at first they say quarterback who's got the best quarterback to me the Saints have the best quarterback uh, Bryce Young could end up becoming a great quarterback Carolina but he, he's a rookie uh, Atlanta's trying kind to of figure things out and Tampa Bay is going to find out what life is like after after Tom Brady it's going to be rough I mean that's just how it is and and like I say when you look at the rosters on paper at every position, I think the Saints have so much talent overall compared to these other teams that when you get to play these other teams twice a year, there's no reason why you shouldn't win this division. Because I was talking about this with somebody the other day about the NFC South and how going back for a number of years, it was always one of the toughest divisions. That's not the case anymore. This is a division that the Saints have the best quarterback in the division. They have a lot of great playmakers at, at a lot of uh, key positions. They have coaches who have been around the organization for a long time, coaches who have won a Super Bowl with the New Orleans Saints. And so I, I just think because of that consistency and that chemistry in the organization, that that gives them the advantage. Scott, I know you weren't around for a guy like Ryan Nielsen, but what does losing him to the division rival you know, mean? Is it going to come back and bite the black and gold in the buttocks? But, I mean, he took some guys with him over there. I, I'm just curious. It seems like Atlanta is trying to become the black and gold from taking Terry Fontenot, defensive line coach, players, I mean, defensive coordinator, even players, David Onyemata, Caden uh, Ellis. It goes on and on. I'm just curious your take of now Ryan Nielsen landing over in the ATL. Yeah, Ryan's a good coach, and he's, he's, he's a high-energy guy. And I think he's going to bring that energy to Atlanta. And, and the first thing you do is when you're a coach and you go somewhere else, you want guys that you can trust. You want guys that you believe in, guys that you know. And so that's obviously the reason a lot of those guys had that advantage of come free agency is Ryan was there and Terry was there. And they, they start snagging guys. They start trying to weaken teams within their division. And so they did that. And, and you know Terry was a, a great 
uh, asset inside the Saints organization. I was happy for him when he got that job over them over there with Atlanta, but they're still trying to figure out the key position, and that's the quarterback position. They, yeah. they have piece, they have players now. They have guys. Whether it's in the secondary corner, they have good players. Pitts is a mismatch. He's a, he's a nightmare. They'll get him lined up in a lot of different places, and they have. They have pieces. They took the running back out of Texas. So a lot of really young, really good pieces, but they're still trying to figure out the quarterback position. Usually when you're a team in the NFL trying to figure out that position, it usually doesn't bode well for winning conference championships Scott or Devil- division championships. Scott, definitely always appreciate the time and be sure. Um, I'm sure we'll be seeing you out at Saints camp for uh, some practices sooner or later. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it, man. Yep, take care, guys. Saints Super Bowl champ Scott Shanley played 10 years in the NFL. You can hear his Saints and LSU analysis on Your View Gulf South Sports. All right, thanks again to Scott Shanley for coming on. If you want to hear more interviews like that, you can check out Steve Geller on WWL every weekday. Sometimes he's there 4 to 8. Sometimes he's there 6 to 8. Either way, He's going to be there except for this Friday when he's going out of town and I will be alone. So you can listen to me on Sports Talk on Friday. But that's where we've been getting a lot of these interviews done. And I think it's been a good addition to the pod this offseason. Yeah, and hope to uh, be seeing Shanley out at some of those training camp practices. We'll grab him there, too. Uh, always love to see, obviously, former Black and Gold alumni showing up. And uh, always good to get some inside dirt off of them. Yeah, it is interesting to see, like, you look at, the former saints and like the former players of any team and who sticks around and does the analysis, who goes on to networks like Reggie Bush is on Fox, you know, the, the pregame show now, or no. So Reggie Bush was on the pregame show. Now Mark Ingram's doing that. Right. Sure Cam Jordan's going to end up in broadcasting. Absolutely. The question of how high he goes. Like, I think he's kind of a Michael Strahan type where he's going to just skyrocket and eventually be hosting a morning show on ABC. Um, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of funny because it's like Scott's hanging around. Lance Moore's hanging around. I, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to see how that works. Even some former players now, you know, coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some get into coaching. Some like or like Drew Brees and just go like play pickleball. You know, it's it's uh, it's quite a thing. Um, but yeah, Scott and you know, yeah, like Terrence Copper. I know you're gonna chat with Terrence Copper this week. He's another guy. Right. Um, it is funny, like some of them host podcasts. Some of them go deal with college football, and then some just hang out like like Deuce and Bobby. I definitely love the guys that go into broadcasting because they're easy. Then they get it and they know what we're going through. Yeah, right, right. It's a, <laughs> a kindred spirits. But all right, let's wrap that segment up. We're going to come back. We're going to dive into a good chunk of Madden ratings that have been getting released throughout the week. We have running backs. We don't have running backs. We have wide receivers. We have defensive tackles, defensive ends, outside linebackers, and safeties. And there's a lot of Saints on that list, as you can imagine. So we're going to go through it. We're going to talk about who we hate, who we like, who we think is rated too high, who we think is rated too low, and why Madden is a waste of your time. All right. Stick around inside Black and Gold.